self-improvement. Ministers of age and experience should feel it their duty as God's hired servants to go forward, progressing every day, continually becoming more efficient in their work, and constantly gathering fresh matter to set before the people. Each effort to expound the gospel should be an improvement upon that which preceded it. Each year they should develop a deeper piety, a more tender spirit, a greater spirituality, and a more thorough knowledge of Bible truth. The greater their age and experience, the nearer should they be able to approach the hearts of the people, having a more perfect knowledge of them. Testimonies for the Church, Volume 4, page 270. God has no use for lazy men in his cause. He wants thoughtful, kind, affectionate, earnest workers. Active exertion will do our preachers good. Indolence is proof of depravity. Every faculty of the mind, every bone in the body, every muscle of the limbs shows that God designed our faculties to be used, not to remain inactive. Men who will unnecessarily take the hours of daylight for sleep have no sense of the value of precious golden moments. Persons who have not acquired habits of close industry and economy of time should have set rules to prompt them to regularity and dispatch. George Washington was unable to perform a great amount of business because he was thorough in preserving order and regularity. Every paper had its date and its place, and no time was lost in looking up what had been mislaid. Men of God must be diligent in study, earnest in the acquirement of knowledge, never wasting an hour. Through persevering exertion, they may rise to almost any degree of eminence as Christians, as men of power and influence. But many will never attain superior rank in the pulpit or in business because of their unfixedness of purpose and the laxness of the habits contracted in their youth. Careless inattention is seen in everything they undertake. A sudden impulse now and then is not sufficient to accomplish a reformation in these ease-loving, indolent ones. This is a work which requires patient continuance and well-doing. Men of business can be truly successful only by having regular hours for rising, for prayer, for meals, and for retiring. If order and regularity are essential in worldly business, how much more so in the work of God? The bright morning hours are wasted by many in bed. These precious hours, once lost, are gone never to return. They are lost for time and for eternity. Only one hour lost each day, and what a waste of time in the course of a year. Let the slumberer think of this and pause to consider how he will give an account to God for lost opportunities. Subheading, Improving Odd Moments Ministers should devote time to reading, to study, to meditation and prayer. They should store the mind with useful knowledge, committing to memory portions of Scripture, tracing out the fulfillment of the prophecies, and learning the lessons which Christ gave his disciples. Take a book with you to read when traveling on the cars or waiting in the railway station. Employ every spare moment in doing something. In this way, an effectual door will be closed against a thousand temptations. Many have failed, signally failed, where they might have made a success. They have not felt the burden of the work. They have taken things as leisurely as if they had a temporal millennium in which to work for the salvation of souls. The cause of God is not so much in need of preachers as of earnest, persevering workers for the Master. God alone can measure the powers of the human mind. 
It was not his design that man should be content to remain in the lowlands of ignorance, but that he should secure all the advantages of an enlightened, cultivated intellect. Everyone should feel that there rests upon him an obligation to reach the height of intellectual greatness. While none should be puffed up because of the knowledge they have acquired, it is the privilege of all to enjoy the satisfaction of knowing that with every advanced step they are rendered more capable of honoring and glorifying God. They may draw from an inexhaustible fountain, the source of all wisdom and knowledge. Having entered the school of Christ, the student is prepared to engage in the pursuit of knowledge without becoming dizzy from the height to which he is climbing. As he goes on from truth to truth, obtaining clearer and brighter views of the wonderful laws of science of nature, he becomes enraptured with the amazing exhibitions of God's love to man. He sees with intelligent eyes the perfection, knowledge, and wisdom of God stretching beyond into infinity. As his mind enlarges and expands, pure streams of light pour into his soul. The more he drinks from the fountain of knowledge, the purer and happier his contemplation of God's infinity, and the greater his longing for wisdom sufficient to comprehend the deep things of God. Subheading, Need of Mental Culture Mental culture is what we as a people need, and what we must have in order to meet the demands of the time. Poverty, humble origin, and unfavorable surroundings need not prevent the cultivation of the mind. Difficulties will be met in all studies, but never cease through discouragement. Search, study, and pray. Face every difficulty manfully and vigorously. Call the power of will and the grace of patience to your aid, and then dig more earnestly till the gem of truth lies before you, plain and beautiful, all the more precious because of the difficulties involved in finding it. Do not then continually dwell upon this one point, concentrating upon it all the energies of the mind and constantly urging it upon the attention of others. But take another subject and carefully examine that. Thus mystery after mystery will be unfolded to your comprehension. Two valuable victories will be gained by this course. You will not only secure useful knowledge, but the exercise of the mind will increase your mental power. The key found to unlock one mystery may reveal also other precious gems of knowledge heretofore undiscovered. Many of our ministers can present to the people only a few doctrinal discourses. The same exertion and application which made them familiar with these points would enable them to gain an understanding of others. The prophecies and other doctrinal subjects should be thoroughly understood by all ministers. But some who have been preaching for years are content to confine themselves to a few subjects, being too indolent to search the scriptures diligently and prayerfully, that they may become giants in understanding of Bible doctrines and the practical lessons of Christ. The minds of all should be stored with a knowledge of the truths of God's Word, that they may be prepared at any moment when required to present from this storehouse things new and old. Minds have been crippled and dwarfed for want of zeal and earnest, severe taxation. The time has come, God says, go forward and cultivate the abilities I have given you. The world is teeming with errors and fables. Novelties in the form of sensational dramas are continually arising to engross the mind, and absurd theories abound which are destructive to moral and spiritual advancement. The cause of God needs men of intellect, men of thought, men well-versed in the scriptures to meet the inflowing tide of opposition. We should give no sanction to arrogance, narrow-mindedness, and inconsistencies, 
although the garment of professed piety may be thrown over them. Those who have the sanctifying power of the truth upon their hearts will exert a persuasive influence. Knowing that the advocates of error cannot create or destroy truth, they can afford to be calm and considerate. There are many, even among our preachers, who want to rise in the world without effort. They are ambitious to do some great work of usefulness, while they disregard the little everyday duties which would render them helpful and make them ministers after Christ's order. They wish to do the work that others are doing, but have no relish for the discipline necessary to fit them for it. This yearning desire by both men and women to do something far in advance of their present capabilities is causing them to make decided failures at the outset. They indignantly refuse to climb the ladder, wishing to be elevated by a less laborious process. Testimonies for the Church, Volume 4, pages 411 to 417. I am astonished that with the examples before us of what man may be and what he may do, we are not stimulated to greater exertion to emulate the good works of the righteous. Not all may occupy a position of prominence, yet all may fill position of usefulness and trust, and may, by their persevering fidelity, do far more good than they have any idea that they can do. ID, page 399. The value of men and women is not to be estimated by the class of labor they perform. It is fixed by him who paid the price for every soul. In charity, in simplicity, in integrity, all who have Christ formed within, the hope of glory, are to be workers together with God. They are God's husbandry, God's building. The heart in which the love of Christ abides will constantly manifest more and more refinement, for the spring of life is love to God and man. Christ is Christianity. This is glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. This is the carrying out of God's purpose. True Christian growth tends upward to the full stature of men and women in Christ. True culture, real refinement of thought and manners, is better obtained by learning lessons in the school of Christ than by the most labored, painstaking effort to observe forms and set rules when the heart is not under the discipline of the Spirit of God. The follower of Jesus should be constantly improving in manners, in habits, in spirit, in labor. This is done by keeping the eye, not on mere outward superficial attainments, but on Jesus. A transformation takes place in mind, in spirit, in character. The Christian is educated in the school of Christ to cherish the graces of a spirit in all meekness and loneliness. He is fitting for the society of heavenly angels. Above all other people on the earth, the man whose mind is enlightened by the word of God will feel that he must give himself to greater diligence in the perusal of the Bible and to a diligent study of the sciences, for his hope and his calling are greater than any other. The more closely man is connected with the source of all knowledge and wisdom, the more he can be helped intellectually as well as spiritually. The knowledge of God is the essential education, and this knowledge of every true worker will make it his constant study to obtain. Counsels to Teachers, page 510.